Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the big storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Saturday, February 12th, day one of the 2022 Division I Women's National Indoor Championships now officially in the books. What a day of college tennis action. Over 13 hours of coverage on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. Hopefully you tuned into all of it, but don't worry if you missed out on Friday's action. We'll be back on Saturday, Sunday, Monday as we cover first ball to last of this event on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. I will say personally it was such a pleasure as always to be joined by my friend, my mentor, I call him Sensei, my Cation in the booth from the start to finish. We're going to have him start to finish all weekend long to have his insight, to have him helping steer the ship. It just provides a calming presence and I'll admit it, a sense of organization that always we enjoy having on our Cracked Rackets broadcast. Of course, on today's podcast, we got a recap. Day one, talk about our eight round of 16 matches. Of course, preview Saturday's quarterfinal matches as well. Yes, there's going to be some fantastic backdraw action. Just, I'm going to say it honestly, candidly, I don't think I have the energy in me for eight recaps and eight previews as well, but the man who's going to help me boost my energy, the man who certainly was watching from first ball the last year today, and the man who always helps us steer our coverage of the college tennis world. It's going to join me on today's podcast to do that once again. Of course, you all know him best as your co-favorite writer on our website, CrackedRackets.com, founder of the No Ad, No Problem blog. It is our friend, John J. Parsons. Jay, what a day. Hope you enjoyed yourself. How was it? It was great. I hope you were able to hit the saloon immediately after <laughs> those matches and get a drink in before you settle in for this recap. Uh, but what a phenomenal day. I mean, these these days are long for me, just listening to you in the background, chiming in in comments. I mean, credit to you and, and Kinkation. It's great to have him on the call. Uh, you know, Kation did his homework. I was impressed mm-hmm. by a lot of the comments. So Props to him. Um, I thought it was just overall a really great day of college tennis. So many good matches. I'm really excited to hear from you. I know this was your first time seeing a lot of these players in person. So I think there's a lot to break down on day one couple of things I need to say off of that. A, the amount of information I absorb just by being in Mike's proximity during these broadcasts to listen to him do the radio call. I was going to say the radio mic. I, I, all right. Uh, he, I hope he hears this. I'll tell him this to his face tomorrow. If we have to do that again, I'm going to ask him if I can demo and try that out because listening to him do that, I was like, Learning I want to try. Uh, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I need to try that. I need to do that. I need to see if I can do that because, oh my God, to talk at that speed, with that pace and that degree of depth, I feel like that's my bread and butter. And yep. so I would love to give that a go and to watch Mike do that. I was in awe. Speaking of super producer Daniel Westoff, I will say this again. Hopefully Mike hears this. He messaged me directly. He goes, dude, Mike is on fire right now. <laughs> and I got so angry at Westoff. I was like, don't you ever type that to me again. I was like, are you just trying to get me jealous? It worked. Congratulations. But again, a pleasure to get to sit with Mike. You're absolutely right. He, you know, again, and there are observations he makes that I think because you and I are ensconced on the college tennis beat, it's a little bit more difficult for us to see it from a neutral perspective because we've seen the development of these players. We've de- invested our times and our takes uh, about these players. But 
yeah, it was a pleasure to have him in the booth. And yeah, I look forward to sharing those insights here on today's podcast because there was some exceptional tennis. You're absolutely right to get to see all these players play in person, to get to feel the rhythm of these matches. And of course, in particular, to get to see Oklahoma, Wisconsin practice for seven hours consecutively while we waited for the Pepperdine and Cal batch of matches to finish. It was absolutely delightful. And so again, on today's show, what is our game plan? We're going to recap all eight of our round of 16 matches. We're going to preview our four quarterfinal matches as well to introduce a degree of organization into this podcast. We're going to try to stick chronologically, of course. We got to talk about Pepperdine Cal swing of matches first. That was just such an exciting portion of the day. But we'll go recap, recap, preview until we have previewed all or recapped all of our main draw action. Of course, I forgot to do this yesterday, so I have to do a quick makeup here today. Shout out to our friends at Tennis Point for their constant support for helping us make all of these podcasts day in, day out possible. You all know the deal for all of your equipment needs. One location, tennis-point.com, best equipment, best prices, promise you not will not regret your decision. Plus, use our promo code CR15. You'll get a bunch of free stuff, and you'll let them know we sent you there. So shout out to our friends at Tennis Point, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. We've wasted enough time with the intro, though, Jay. It's time to recap day one of the Division One Women's National Indoors, and let's start with those 3.30 p.m. Central Time batch of matches. Oh, we knew Cal Texas A&M was going to be good. We yep. had so many questions about Pepperdine. So, you know, we knew Old Dominion, but just how good were they? They had good wins kickoff weekend, seemed, came so close on the floor to swing for them to draw Pepperdine indoors as well. We knew we were going to learn a lot from that match. I'm just going to open the floor to you. Where do you want to start with this 3.30 p.m. matches? Because you're, you know, as 4-3 enticing as A&M and and Cal was from a scoreline perspective, from a photo finish perspective. I think the most informative match of the day was Pepperdine Old Dominion. That was a fascinating battle. The floor is yours, though, my friend. Yeah, well, I feel like I have to start with Cal A&M. It was the one match I didn't predict right, but I give myself <laughs> a pass. It was a 4-3 third set buster. Like, you know, we knew it was going to be close. Uh, I just thought that was an incredible come back from Cal both to rebound from their loss to Michigan, but also a rebound in the match, right? To drop doubles in the manner in which they did and to come out and take four singles against AM, who up and down the lineup has been really strong. I thought Cal looked really impressive. And I thought that was the sort of bounce back you're looking for a team who has top five potential this season. So really impressive performance. And I think everyone nailed it. it it, it came down to six as expected. And I mean, I was, I was, I was impressed. I thought there was really no way Miralis would, would make that competitive. I thought, you know, that would be a match that eventually she just couldn't execute on. And, and she continued to execute. She continued to make that match ball in ball out extremely tough. And I mean, it came down to the tie break. Yeah, this is why I'm so happy to do this podcast with you. And you all should know my brain is cooked, so I'm going to jump around at times. I forgot to bring up, yeah, great saloon reference, Alex. Like, that was freaking killer on the broadcast. I, I agree. Um, B, sorry, this was our only 4-3 match of the day. And yep. 
you know, again, we made the analogy. We put the number six singles match in the oven very early on and we said, well, check on this in an hour because this, yep. this thing's got to bake. It's a slow roast at court number six. And it's so fascinating to hear you talk about the dynamic and by the pedigree, the fact that for Cal, you know, uh, Villermoller probably was the favorite entering the match. That's a little detail that had slipped my mind, uh, you know, in during the call because Morales was the aggressor. You know, yep. Morales was the one who was moving forward and looking to hit inside in, inside out forehands, forehands from, you know, aggressive forehands from every position on the court. But man, Phil and Moeller, grind after grind after grind, you know, 12 to 20 feet over the net, loopy backhand after loopy backhand and just neutralizing everything, the discipline, the shamelessness. It's the performance you want to see out of your number six singles player who you say, hey, you're out here to do war. Do not be the player who gets beat first. You know, do not let be the per player who beats yourself. And that's exactly what Villermoller did. Now, we have to address it. 5-4, or excuse me, yeah, 5-4, I believe, or 5-3, excuse me, 5-3. 5-4. No, 5-4. So, okay, 5-4, yeah. Morales, because it would have been for 6-4. Thank you. I, I, again, brain scramble, this is why Jay's here. 5-4, ball is called wide by Villermoller. Uh, now, there are two sides to this story. I want to explain both. According to Texas A&M, they say Villermuller put her hand out as if to say, ball is good. I'm not calling it wide. Nice shot. Thus, the entire Texas A&M team reacts. Coach Weaver reacts. Of course, there was a sideline or there was an official there. There was a chair umpire as well who both believed that they made the call out and both officials confirmed that out call. Now, only Jesus Christ, even though I'm Jewish, only, you know, God and and Villermoller know exactly what her intent was on that call. But that one point, I mean, it's tough to say it didn't decide the match, but you're up 5-4 in that moment. And again, I know that's a close call, and it ends up being a 7-5 breaker, and Villermoller ends up winning a bunch of match uh, points to win the match. I don't know. What do you make of it, Jay? What, what's your takeaway from that moment? Well, it was, I mean, it was impossible to tell from the stream. This was like other side of the court, far sideline, those cameras get a little fuzzy on the other side of the net. I mean, who knows? I have no I idea. Will, I will also tell you, you asked 10 fans in the building, you'll get, you know, two sets of five different answers. 50-50 split. Ball was in, ball was out. Yeah. I mean, so this is kind of your classic, like, who knows, you know, and, but it, it, it you could see it feel like it deflated Morales's spirit a little bit, right? And as you can expect, so there was a lot of confusion. I think it probably threw her off a little bit. Um but she was playing well up until that point, and she still played well in the next two points. She she missed a few balls, but you know, tough to say it decided the match. Obviously, close point, end of the tiebreak. You know, you don't like to see that sort of controversy happen, but you have to level set. And it still would have been five ball, right? It was five ball after that, and so she still had a good shot. She was still serving on at five ball, so you know. Look, we move on. Yeah, no, that's exactly the take here, and it did feel like that was your welcome to the indoors moment, right? It's like we have officially arrived here. That was not the moment that decided this match for Texas A&M, and to broadly recap, they looked so good during the doubles point. Makarova and Goldsmith slaughtered 
Giovara and Ivanov, uh, Ivanov, and, and that's not meant to be disrespectful to Giovara and Ivanov, but that's how good Makarova and Goldsmith were. And then, you know, again for Texas A&M, six three at that number three doubles position, that was that was surprising. Now Brandstein, Stoyana, they were rolling up five two at number two as well. Considering Cal had blitzed Michigan in the doubles point. You just felt like AM wins that doubles point. Now they're up 1 0. Oh man, like, how are they going to lose this match? And, you know, Brandstein runs out to a 4 1 lead at number one singles. It was 4 1 Makarova. And Stoyana, you know, eventually works her way to the lead and they get that set for Morales 6 4 at six. Let's be clear here. They won the doubles point, they won four first sets. They ultimately end up losing the match. And I do think that's a testament to the fight this Cal team showed. And, like, Katja Weirsholm is so good. Oh my gosh, is she, she legit? And you know, Haley Giovara, boy, does the ball, you know, I know she has pro aspirations. She's very open about them. She hits a pro ball. There's no denying that. And I don't know what happened to Brandstein today, but the fight from this Cal team epitomized by that effort from Villar Moeller, who unequivocally is your star of the show today. Yeah, I thought you guys gave a little too much credit to Brandstein. I, I mean, I've seen a few of her matches throughout like <laughs> that that's how she's been playing um then Gio, when giovara is on it's very peyton stern's ask of like watch out because that's a runaway freight train and good luck stopping it particularly indoors you know no issues for her so you know i thought she was on and there wasn't really much that branstein could do the biggest surprise for me on the texas a&m side was um was goldsmith at four yes. i was surprised to see that match not necessarily for her to lose i mean that was a little bit of a surprise but just to lose two and three right this is a veteran player for texas a&m you know, that's a match that you expect at the very least you extend to three sets, give your other players a chance to hang on or close out their matches. So that was the biggest surprise for me, I think, in the in the singles. No, I, I would agree with you there. Again, I thought Morales played as well as you could have asked her to play at that yep. number six spot, kept swinging, kept swinging. Yep. Yeah, there were moments where she got tentative, but anyone's going to get tentative when that match comes down to you. And for them, you know, each player to hold serve, what was it, four straight holds for, you know, five, four, five all, six, five, six all after break on break on break on break in that third set. Yep. Th- this is a really high quality match. Now, my final thought on it, if you're Texas A&M, oh, I mean – a, ODU's not going anywhere tomorrow. That's going to be a brutal match. But B, I mean, mentally, you got, it's going to be fascinating to see how they bounce back, Jay. Yeah, I agree. Uh, right. I mean, they came out so strong in doubles. And, you know, for, for Cal to hang on there, it's going to be tough. You know, this is a team that I think really wanted to prove themselves here at National Indoors. Obviously, we all thought this was the one to circle they have probably felt like it was the one to circle as well. So it's going to be tough. And you know that that ODU team is going to continue to come out swinging like they did against Pepperdine today. So I expect another battle in that consolation match. You know who's dancing right now is the ITA ranking committee or the seeding committee that gave their top eight seeds out and all top eight seeds ultimately advanced to the quarterfinals. They're dancing yep, tonight. All chalk. Yeah, exactly. Certainly, Cal Bears are as well. They advance 4-3 to the quarterfinals. We're now it's a rematch for them against Pepperdine. This is a match we're going to get to see later in the season again anyways. But, you know, you talk for this Pepperdine team 4-1 over Old Dominion. It's the most misleading scoreline yeah. you're ever going <laughs> to see for the Pepperdine Waves who escape is the word that comes to mind. They escape 
in this 4-1 match. And certainly for Pepperdine to take doubles the way they took doubles, Brodus and Chen looked like they were finally clicking. And ultimately, that's a piece we're going to talk about out the, uh, in this match because if Brodus and Chen start clicking the way they can click at 5-6, and six, now it's going to start to look like the Pepperdine team we talked about in our ITA preview. But you know, for Flores and Czar, who have been up and down, 6-3 win for them over the number one team in the country, Cessna Sky, a startup Seva. Pepperdine starts out 1-0, and you're like, all right, they're where they need to be. But they did that same thing against Cal. And similarly against Cal, Jay, this Pepperdine team struggled. And all the credit in the world to Coach Manila and ODU, who I mentioned this in our preview yesterday. They swung freely. That's what they did in practice on Thursday. That's how they played in this match here today. They damn near took this one from Pepperdine. Yeah, I mean, not only did Pepperdine take the doubles point, right, and beating number one team in the country at number one doubles to do so, but Pepperdine also took two really quick single sets, mm-hmm. singles matches, right? They got Lisa Zar one and two, Janice Chen one and three, and all of the other matches were extremely close. And so, yes, they were able to get that 4-1 victory, but I think you nailed it yesterday when you said this ODU team was going to come out swinging. I mean, their backs were pressed up against the wall and they stayed, you know, they stayed swinging. And I thought, you know, just really good performances from Starbucks Seva to hang in there against Fukuda. I thought um, Alcade looked really good. She's looked sneaky good this entire season. Probably a little bit disappointing from Flores after kind of after that that doubles victory. I thought, okay, we're did you see like the- Big Match Vicky? I really thought Big Match. Like I thought that was a great nickname. Hey, we just didn't see BMV today. Yeah, BMV has been missing. Yeah, where's BMV? <laughs> BMV is MIA. Uh, <laughs> so if she comes back, though, that will be huge. Um, and then I thought it was just so nice to see Janice Chen get a win, right? And finally, that's going to be huge for this team. But And can I just say, not only get a win, but look dominant in doing so. Yeah, I mean, I think that's so important. But I was just continue to be so impressed by this ODU team who, again, I mean, just a few weeks ago, you thought, hey, they've got two really good players who pair up to play doubles and unsure what the rest of the lineup looks like. I mean, look, they take number four singles against Pepperdine. That's not probably something you expect. They're 6-4 in the third against Savannah Brodus at six. That wasn't something I expected a few weeks ago. So huge credit to this ODU team. And I'm left wondering, did this match tell us more about ODU or more about Pepperdine? Because I feel like we're kind of like reverting to the mean for both of these teams and meeting somewhere in the middle. I think you and I are a bit stubborn and we just refuse to give up our Pepperdine take from earlier in the season. And so, you know, we were so convinced they were going to be this prohibitive number one. And we have to remember Pepperdine's not a team that plays indoors ever. They are indoors here this week. And yes, Chen has played indoors. And, you know, you imagine Pachkaleva in her time. She's probably played an indoor match or two. Ditto with Lisa Czar. But as a team, as a, come on. yeah, of course, but as a unit, they do sure. not play much outdoor tennis nowadays. Yep. That said, A, you didn't mention this piece. I think the thing where why we're still holding for Pepperdine, Brodus finally started to look like Brodus, whether it was in the doubles where her aggression, it just works. Like she's ready to have success in college doubles. But B, I mean, she had the biggest weapons on the court compared to Yakubovich, and it wasn't particularly close. And her ability to find forehands and dictate with that forehand, it's a special skill. Now, I still think physically she's not where she needs to be to be the pro she wants to be. And I do think that's what college tennis is going to be so good for her about. But she, today was an 
absolute step in the right direction and coming off of the UCLA match as well. You're seeing the growth from freshman Savannah Brodus, which is something we talked about, something Pepperdine certainly is hoping for. They're starting to see it. You mentioned it. Chen gets better. It's a really good win for Lisa Zarr at two over Sassaskaya in straight sets. Sassaskaya has been a top 70 player, top 60 player, and Zarr worked her. And, yeah. you know, Lisa Zarr is extraordinarily consistent and you know, really well, you know, a known quantity, match in, match out. We didn't get to see much of her today, unfortunately, due to some camera issues, but. You know, does she have the weapons to play top two? Does she have the physicality already to play top two? The answer is yes. And, you know, it was uncertain coming in. And then again, like, you know, Pepperdine does keep winning doubles points. And, like, they're not playing well in singles, period. They just – they haven't peaked yet, which is a really scary thing for the rest of this college tennis world. And I do think last half full for them. It's like you played bad and you beat a good ODU team still 4-1. Right? Like, isn't that the takeaway? And I, I do think it's a good ODU team. They're a top 16 team. If NCAAs was tomorrow, they're making the Sweet 16. I do think Pepperdine, though, like, even in not playing well, it's still glass half full because there are all the elements are together. You just haven't mixed them in the right bowl. You know, you just haven't put them in the microwave together. I, I'm done with the analogy. They just haven't all played together at one, well at once. Yeah, I think it's very fair to say they could have had a performance like Cal against Michigan today, yes. right? Their first match indoors, and they didn't. I would and argue so I, they did, but they escaped. Sure, yeah, they escaped the L, uh, which yeah. is the most important part. Yeah, I mean, but Lisa Zarr has looked phenomenal, right? She has been the one player, I think, throughout this both fall and spring season for them that's looked really good. Fukuda has looked really solid. It's really been kind of the the, the volatility at four, at three, four, five, and six that no one has played well at the same times, right? You start to see, okay, Janice Chen gets a good win, but then Patrick Leva has a surprising loss. Broda seems to be making a step forward. Vicky Flores hasn't kind of found her footing. So, I mean, the irony just of this Pepperdine team looking great in doubles and anyone who's followed Pepperdine know that has not been the storyline for Pepperdine. So look, if they had dropped that doubles point against ODU, this is an entirely different match. Yeah. And so, you know, credit to them for for finding those doubles pairings, and you hope that they find their form in singles. So then with that in mind, Cal, Pepperdine, match calculus, prediction, who you got, Jay? Hmm. Um, well, I think Pepperdine takes the doubles point, right? Mm -hmm. I think, um, I mean, they did against Cal the last time they played. Cal kind of got whooped today by Texas A&M. So you got to like, you got to like that. Um Fukuda Giovara. Uh, I don't Fukuda. think Giovara played particularly well today. I think Branstein. I mean, Giovara played much better, and she found her rhythm from a confidence yeah. perspective. But I wouldn't say she's playing her best going into this. Yeah, and and, and Fukuda got the win over over them. I like that matchup for Fukuda. I yes. think she's just so solid, and she can absorb the Giovara pace so well. Um, at two, right, we're getting Lisa Zar. Uh, an informed Lisa Zar. An informed Lisa Zar. And um, Valentina Ivanov lost, what, one and two to Makarova today. So I got to lean. as well to Michigan. Right. Yeah. So, right. That's true. So you got to lean Pepperdine there as well. Um, Alsola versus Flores at number three. Yelene Alsola. I know she took the loss today, but at, Flores hasn't looked great. Alsola beat her last time they played. I like Rosen this that you're going matchup by matchup, by the way. That speaks to how close this one is. I think you have to, right? I mean, um, 
uh, Rosenqvist versus um, who's at four for Pepperdine? Pachkaleva. Pachkaleva, who does not look her best yet. Does not look her best and didn't play against um, against them last time. So maybe you lean Rosenquist here. Weirsholm, you just lean Weirsholm at five against any of these. She's going to be your number five. Although uh, her versus Chen, hello. Depends on what Chen we get, right? <laughs> but I mean, Eileen Weirsholm um, in that match, and then Villar Muller versus Brodus. I think this is a much better environment for Brodus to play Villar Muller indoors. I mean, it was so windy in Malibu when they played. So sorry for going through this line by line. You know. I'm going to lean Pepperdine here. I'm going to think that they get the upset. I think the indoors suits them. I think indoor, I think doubles they take. I like their chances to flip number six singles, which they didn't do. And I like them at the top of the line at one and two. All right. Four, three is my prediction. Who wins? I don't make predictions on this podcast anymore because I don't want coaches to get mad at me. So with that in mind, we move on to our next batch of matches. And I do apologize to fans of the teams moving forward. We probably won't spend quite as long on these recaps as we did on the prior two simply because that 3.30 hour was the best block of time throughout the course of the day. But certainly, again, plenty of exciting action. Everything was good. That was just exceptional. By the way, quick thoughts. and Not thoughts, just prediction. ODU AM, who you got? I I'm going ODU, right? This three match losing streak, they are gonna want off of that ride. So I think they stay stay swinging. And I think I don't know how Texas AM rebounds. I'm going ODU. It's gonna be so fascinating. Well, with that in mind, let's move on to our next match. Is and matches, excuse me, and we'll go now to the morning session, our nine AM's UNC seven consecutive national indoor finals. Shout out Colette Lewis for correcting me. I apologize for the incorrect statement. Of course, they've won back-to-back as well, but it's the first time without the core three. No Jones, no Graham, no Davatella as a player. Of course, they do have Davatella as a coach, and let me just say, it's weird. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit, Jay. Uh, But of course, you look for this UNC team. That's as fine as a performance as you're going to see out of the Tar Heels. And certainly we know now with retrospect, their 5-2 win over Michigan more impressive now than it seemed in the moment. But for the Tar Heels, 6-3, Crawley and Scotty over Kanto Siemers and Ratliff. 6-2, Sanford and Tran back at that number three doubles position from last year over Marzal and Dorme. And then, yeah, more continued to struggle at the number one singles positions, just still hasn't found her form here over these past few months. But 2-0 from Scotty over Boulay. Are you kidding me? One in three from Tran. She still lost just one match in her college career. And then Fiona Crawley remains undefeated in dual matches. Two and three over Coley Allen. Doubles, two, three, four. That's the nucleus, Jay. The nucleus got the job done. Yes, I see you smirking because on a podcast yesterday, one of us, I won't say who, (laughs) said three, four, five. I stand by that take, by the way, because I still think, hey, Yarla got a six, four, five, two up. Feel pretty good about that, Tan Tan. Gil, I, I, Tangilig, I forget. I pr- learned how to correctly pronounce it today. I'm just brain dead. I still think they looked good everywhere. Like they took it to this Ohio State team. This was an incredibly dominant performance uh, against a very good Ohio State team. They look like they have not skipped a beat since the North Carolina of last year and 2020. Just an incredibly impressive performance. I mean, those three singles matches, right? Two and zero, one and three, two and three. I mean, if they play this out, this is a six-one match against Ohio State. 
we've played now, what, 10 months of college tennis since the start of the 2020 season, 10 months of dual match season, something like that. They've lost once in 10 months of dual match season, once in a match that if we played 10 times, they would have won more than five. They were truly contenders in the truest sense of the word. They went out there. They performed. Let's win the doubles. Let's take first sets. Let's get off the court quickly. Let's rest up. Let's get ready for tomorrow. This is not meant to be disrespectful to Ohio State, who I don't think played particularly well, but North Carolina did play well. And again, I think there are pieces there. I think the fact that Boulay and Allen get snuck in at that number two doubles position, congrats, Coach Shop. That's our coaching play of the year thus far. You have the tactical advantage with that move. They're that good. That's, yep. you know, Allen Boulay, just the, the camaraderie, the chemistry, the communication. They are that good. Contos is also that good at one. 0-4 over Moore. She was on her from the start, moved the ball so well. There was nothing Kim Moore could do to change the terms of that match. But everything else, again, I have nothing negative to say about the Buckeyes, only positives about the Heels, who are probably now your favorites to win this event. Yeah, absolutely. I just think they looked like the best team out of all the 16 teams that I saw today, and it wasn't particularly close. Um, so I was super impressed with with how they performed today. You might not agree with that, so I'm curious to hear what team you think um, looked close to the UNC level. Well, let me say this. They, for level of competition, the performance they put forward, you're right. It was the most impressive. Oklahoma looked damn good today against Wisconsin. It was just like they did, it looked like Wisconsin didn't deserve to be out there with Oklahoma, which respectfully, that means you look like a contender. Like if you can do that to a Wisconsin team, that is not bad. A Wisconsin team that isn't top 16, but a Wisconsin team that I would say is top 35 are going to be in the mix, certainly for an NCAA bid. It's going to be interesting to see how they do throughout the rest of the weekend. We'll get to that match when we get to that match. Any final thoughts on the heels, the Buckeyes, before we move on to that Virginia-Florida match? Uh, I don't know how much longer they'll be able to keep Cam Moore at number one. Yeah, that'll be – you know, inter- um, I almost shared something. I'm not sure I'm allowed to share it. I'll share it tomorrow. i got to check back with my source to make sure it's okay because I don't want to get anyone in trouble. Got to check those sources, folks. Actually, you know what? I think I can't uh, – I don't know if I can say it. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to ask to make sure I don't want to get anyone in trouble. Just a, It's a lineup thing, and so that's you know why I want to bring it up uh, with the powers that be. But all right, for UNC now, they're going to get to flex their muscles against a fellow ACC opponent as they take on Virginia in the quarterfinals. Of course, for Virginia, you know they pull the cow. They drop the doubles. They drop four first sets in singles, and yet ultimately you look for this Virginia team. You know, in the end, it's Navarro in three sets. And then here's the interesting thing, Jay. Munera, Ziadato, Shake providing points two uh, – well, I should say one, two, three, but it wasn't the top three. Natasha right. Subash lost today to Marley Zane. Chervinsky was up in the third set but was into a third set. Uh, and, you know, they dropped the doubles as well. And after being in command of that doubles point, it felt very Duke versus Oklahoma-y, right, where Duke seemingly was winning through the first 35 minutes yep. of doubles, and then all of a sudden Oklahoma had the doubles point. Felt that way for Virginia, that they were leading or in command, and obviously, you know, they had their chances in that number two double spot. Trevinsky, a couple of backhand volleys on top of the net that you're sure she would want back. But despite that, despite being down, Backs against the wall. Virginia responds, and they respond with in new fashions that we haven't seen before this season. Stock up, UVA. 
huge, right? And I think to to lose a doubles point in that manner is heartbreaking, right? And I think you saw that in the the, the four first sets that they lost, and pretty quickly at what an hour and a half into that match, you're going, this could be this could be a route from Florida, right? That you kind of see that where uh that doubles point was so close, and then Florida runs away with three singles. So I thought just the dominance that Virginia showed in those five second sets that they got was extremely impressive and to get those performances from four five and six who when you look at this match on paper prior you're going you feel really good about uh uva at one two and three so to me having those performers step up uh, both munera and ziodato have looked really impressive kind of so far this season munera getting that victory at stanford um ziodato six four in the third loss against stanford so if they can find recipes there at the bottom of the lineup and you can afford losing Subash or maybe even Navarro at one, like that this team is going to be tough to beat. No, oh, they're very, very good. And, you know, I will say this about Florida. If this match was played outdoors, can't promise it's the same result because with all due respect to Briggs and Berlin, they belong in outdoor tennis, especially Berlin, who just wants to move that ball around the court and rolls that forehand, you know, short angles and down the lines and just keeps you moving. Indoor tennis is a different ball game because if you leave something short in indoor tennis, it's just that much easier to punish it. And that's exactly what Heba Shake did throughout the course of her straight set victory. Munera, same deal, took it to Shelton. And I will say this about every UVA player on the rise, inside out forehands. Sarah O'Leary has that down. Like, shout out to you, coach. This team was aggressive. They were on their front foot. They didn't get their best performances from their top players, and yet it was other players who step up, and they find the answers. And then ultimately, you know, I'll say this. McCartney Kessler had Emma Navarro. She had her in that second set. It felt like Navarro was two points away or like one more break of serve for being like, you know what, just not my day today. But credit to freaking Navarro, man. She didn't do that. She manages to flip the script and then, you know, again, just hits her way out of problems, whether it be the forehand, the down the line. That's what the number one player in the country does. It's like I'm not playing my best. Through sheer power of will, I'm earning the victory today. That's what Emma Navarro did. And I mean, again, I don't think Florida lost this match. I think Virginia went out and won it. Yeah, I mean, Virginia, back against the wall, came out and took the match. Mm-hmm. And I thought Florida played really well. I thought they showed that they belong to be here. They're back. They're in contention here. They will be a tough opponent in the SEC with the Georgia, Texas A&M, Auburn today. So I thought this was a really high-quality match. Um, overall, I thought uh, both teams came out of this match looking really impressive. Navarro slowly becoming like the Draxel of college <laughs> tennis with these three sets. <laughs> Um, yeah, she's so, going to be playing at two behind Travinsky pretty soon. <laughs> I mean, she better watch out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised to see her drop that first set and kind of be be close in the second until she started to pull away. But overall, I think, look, you feel both. I think both teams uh, come out of this match feeling good. Yeah, this was a really fun match. And I do think, to your point, the way Texas A&M comes out of that Cal match thinking, what the F just happened? I think Florida's like, we we know what happened. We were right there. We think yeah. outdoors we could take this team game style-wise. They were more aggressive, but we saw that tactically. And I think if you're rolling, you love the way your team competed uh, from start to finish in this one. Again, you got to lose a match like this sometimes to learn how to win it later in the season. Better to get this loss out of the way now than in May. Florida's a top 16 team unequivocally, yep. and they'll be right there in the top 10 hunt throughout the course of the season as well. But again, 
I wonder if Coach Sarah O'Leary's ever heard of the North Carolina program before. You think she knows about it? You think Virginia knows anything about these Tar Heels? They've only, you know, taken their, their coach, their associate coach from there. Um, yeah, they've only played them a billion times over the past few seasons. UVA, UNC, part two million. What's your take, Jay? Give me the calculus. Give me the prediction. Yeah, I mean, these teams know each other well. If anyone knows how to coach against Coach Calvis, it's, you know, uh, <laughs> Sarah O'Leary. Um, so By the way, but let's be let's be clear. On, I'm blanking on the name, but associate head coach as well. Also played for Coach Calvis. She did. Gina yeah. Suarez Malaguti. Thank you. Uh, otherwise known as Peaches. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I didn't want to say Peaches on here because people are going to be like, you've lost your mind, Alex. And I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's what they call her. That's where you got to go the full name first, and then you can drop the Peaches. <laughs> exactly. Um uh, I think it's going to be a great match. I'm excited to see how these teams face off. Look, UNC just looks so dominant in doubles. It, that's been a weak spot for UVA throughout the season. You have to lean UNC in doubles. Heavy lean towards UVA at number one singles. And I think heavy lean towards the bottom of the lineup for UNC as you start to look at four, five, six. Um, so ultimately, I think UNC comes away with this match with doubles and kind of a, a bottom of the lineup uh, victories. But look, I mean, the recipe is there for, for UVA. And, uh, and so it wouldn't surprise me this UVA team, even in the past few years when they have not been that strong has found points against UNC. They have played UNC tough. And I expect with a more talented, more uh, deeper roster this year that they do the same. Navarro's a must for UVA. They got to get that match at one with how Mora's looked and just the depth Carolina brings in match in, match out. But I mean, Travinsky Scotty like is not a definitive Scotty. Trans Subash, like, yeah, Trans lost once, but Natasha Subash can freaking play. And yeah. like, you think she's going to lose two matches in a row at three singles? That's not a bet I think anyone would take uh, if I offered that to you on January 1st. Crawley Munera. You feel like that's got to be UNC. Yep. You know, five's probably got to be UNC. Six probably got to be UNC. That said, I do think there's a world where Virginia drops the doubles point and still wins this match. They did it against Stanford. They've done it against Florida. Like, why can't they do it again against North Carolina? I, th- I think tomorrow's a day of four threes. Like, I think we're going to see a lot of them across the board. And by the way, it's ITA National Indoor Quarterfinals. That's usually when you see them. Obviously, same question I asked you about AM ODU. Just give me your prediction, Ohio State, uh, as well as they're going to take on a hungry Florida team. I actually, I think Ohio State indoors, you probably like that from a matchup standpoint. Yeah, you would. Uh, and I think probably two days ago, I would have said that's, that's an Ohio State victory. Probably feeling a little less confident in that after the Florida victory, uh, Florida loss today. But I mean, clearly Freudian slip. Like I felt like it was a good performance from them. Um, I'll I'll go Ohio State. I'll go Ohio State in doubles, one and two others. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Good prediction. All right. Let's move on now to our next matches. UGA Washington four zero win for the Bulldogs. Match number three of the season for them looked pretty good for match number three of the year. And of course, you look for this team. They end up taking the doubles point pretty comfortably. Wins. At the two and three positions, of course, they also get wins from Kopic, 0-3 at five. And then the freshman, Riasco, 2-2 two two at number two. Vita Minova, who I am all in on, Jay. Okay, I was all waiting for in this. Vita Minova. Oh, my gosh. We can get there in a second. Three and four victory for her to clinch. Yeah, she got a little tentative at the end. But 
the complete package, size, fluidity, defense to offense, can turn into a forehand, rips the backhand on the return when she gets a clean look at it, comfortable moving forward and volleying as well. I'm all in on Vita Minova. Uh, she's got it. And I think in Riasco and Vita, and Vita Minova, you can't ever replace Katarina Jokic with one player, with two freshmen like this. It's not a replacement, but you definitely feel better about it. Like, again, I get now what the coaches saw. Interesting. Yeah, I wasn't able to see much of, of that match. So that's good. To, what, you interesting work or something? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, something like that. Um, you know, and so that's that's it's interesting i think look i think washington need to get the doubles point yeah um i think once they lost that you felt like okay this is probably going to lean pretty quickly the way of of georgia and look they they put up fights washington did in a few of those matches right particularly they were in it at six um you know vanessa wong we know what she can do she was leading liam ma so you know uh, and, at, and at number four as well. So they were in it in singles. Um, had they gotten that doubles point, it would have been a different match. So, you know, look, we didn't know how these freshmen, you know, Riasco, Vitaminova would perform here at indoors. Seems like they, they rose to the occasion. Fascinating to see how they continue through this tournament. Yeah, it's, again, I, I think for this Georgia team, or I think on the flip side for this Washington team, they just weren't comfortable until like an hour and a half in. I thought Vanessa Wong played really well at one and you know she can compete with anyone was probably going to beat Leah Ma today I thought Sato at four really good seven five first set victory for her over Hurdle um, who I'm I'm still not sold on at that number four singles position but to push Kopik and Kowalski who put two six zero bagel sets on the board at five and six again you know Georgia in this match end up taking what four of six first sets and they end up winning the match 4-0 that's a pretty efficient performance from the Bulldogs uh, any final thoughts on this one? No, I mean, credit to Washington. They they fought back at that number six singles position. We're hanging tough there. So I think you're right. I think we thought maybe Georgia would seem a little shell-shocked at the occasion, but it looks like it was Washington. Took a while to warm up. Um, look, they're going to have a good season. I'm excited to see how Washington progresses, both in this tournament and the Pac-12. Yeah, and obviously tomorrow for Washington, it's going to be a tough test. Washington-Auburn's a really fun match uh, where we're going to learn a lot about that. And that's like a, that's a high-stakes match. No, that's like, do you want to be a top 16 seed yeah. to come NCAA tournament? You better win this freaking match because, of yep. course, for Auburn, I mean, look, they gave NC State everything they could handle today the Wolfpack ultimately taking a 4-2 victory and you know you look for NC State it's a pretty similar recipe that we've heard before they win the doubles point 6-1 win at one 6-1 win at two ultimately you know straight set victories from Nell Miller at four Sophie Abrams at five Jada Daniel with the clinch at one match was far more complicated than that and I don't think NC State played particularly well and again it's always a good sign for a team when you cannot play your best your play your not best tennis and still ultimately earn the victory but they got lucky Jada Daniel came back in that second set and she was down 5-2 rips off five straight games that match goes three you know again I I Ansari takes that first set 7-6 over Negroho that match was either going to take seven hours to finish or like Ansari's going to win that match in straight sets because Negroho just ran out of juice in the end. Like they got lucky that again we were very close to a three all or you know a two three but two three set matches going twelve hours. Yeah, no, you're you're spot on, right? That Jada Daniel match, that splits, we're out there for, or you're out there for for another hour. No, hour you're and with a half. us. You can say we, <laughs> we in spirit. Yeah. So, 
but I'm still so impressed with NC State's doubles. I mean, just the the six one victories, right? I mean, it's just say dominant it, doubles. Say it. The system. The system from <laughs> NC State. It's working, and it worked again today. And you know, I was surprised to see um, Renchali lose in straight sets. Uh, was surprised to see Rejecki lose in, in straight sets as well. But overall, I think this match told me more about Auburn than it did NC State. Right? This is Auburn's first real test of the season and i thought they acquitted themselves extremely well so i think they're going to be a force in the next two matches that they play and look they're another team that like next tier in the sec they're gonna be right there no it's they were good they were very very good i would love to see them play texas a&m like i feel like they could beat texas a&m if they played them tomorrow now could they beat them three weeks from now two months from now i don't know about that but this opera team I would be surprised if they don't get a win at some point here this weekend, and it's it's a tough side of the draw. I mean, you look at the other side, Ohio State, Florida. If you lose, you know your match tomorrow. If you're Auburn, you got to play one of them. You know the yeah. loser of that match, and like, God, a Florida Auburn match wouldn't that be fun early yeah. on? Even Ohio State Auburn would be super fun. But Auburn's in the mix. They are that good. Like I, I wasn't so certain. I didn't watch that much of the Arizona State, you know, UCF kickoff weekend but they've got the talent everywhere you know it was a bit anecdotal to say they're good everywhere they really are good everywhere like there was no one who who i would say that was a bum performance i just thought you know miller uh and abrams played particularly well at the bottom but again you look now nc state georgia and i was talking with coach earnshaw and i'm gonna butcher this stat i apologize but They've never scheduled one another formally. They've never been like, hey, Jeff, you want to play? I'd love to, Simon. Or, hey, Simon, you want to play? I'd love to, Jeff. And, you know, I'm pretty sure this is the fifth time they've played in the past 40 years. And it's just <laughs> like, you know, there's only room for one red, black, and white team at the top of college tennis. And this is the theme I keep stressing. We crafted it together, I'm going to say, but I think you might have said the phrasing, and then I cleaned it up a little bit, dropped the the. It's cleaner that way. It's, it's yeah, Thanks. It's new blood versus blue blood, right? That's the story of this national indoors. NC State is new blood. Georgia is blue blood. That's what this quarterfinal is, plain and simple. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be quite the matchup, and this is will be Georgia's fourth match on the season, right? NC State, probably the most callous team coming in here. This is their 10th, I believe, and they've played like yeah. seven real matches. Yeah, I mean like intense strength of schedule. Yeah. So, look, I think it's going to be a fascinating matchup. I think NC State takes doubles. I'd be shocked if they didn't. They've looked so strong to start. I think Jada Daniel gets a win over Leah Ma at one. Whose ankle was bothering her all day today, by the way. And she just, you know, again, it's always tough to see with Leah Ma, like how much effort is she ever giving? Because everything she does is so nonchalant. Although she let out a come on today when she got the break back in the second where I was like, oh, Leah Ma. Like, (laughs) I was like, hello. Um, But you're like, fair, fair. The Leah Ma Alana Smith uh, match is quite the intriguing one because burnt they both, into my brain yeah they both have like a very Whatever. lackadaisical yeah. casualness about them that uh is is interesting to watch so very spider-man Mimi. um so too bad <laughs> we're not getting that match up here at number one uh so I, I think jada daniel right she'll she'll bring the fire i think she'll come to play in that match i think she'll get that victory and she's played so well of late wins over tennessee south carolina and now ultimately gets that win over auburn yeah, but you never know when yeah, she's not going to play well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? exactly, right? I mean, she's on the, the win streak now, and hopefully for NC State, it lasts through the tournament. Um, 
it's going to be interesting. You know, it seems like you're super high on, on two and three. I thought maybe we could see some dud performances from the Georgia freshmen. That's going to be a fascinating matchup. I, I'm going to get a, a Vidmanova versus Negrohu, who's looked super solid for them. Um, That's fascinating. In all of the matches, there are a lot of good ones throughout the day, and Pepperdine Cal circle all of them. That might be my favorite individual matchup. That number three yeah. singles, Georgia, NC State. Let's see these freshmen do battle. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think I think if you're I think if you're NC State, it's it's doubles, it's Jada Daniel, it's Nell Miller over Hertel at four. And then you know, Sophie Abrams versus Kopic, that's a that's an interesting match. I think if you're NC State, you feel like you want to get that one. Um Kowalski at six, you just always feel like you got to take if you're Georgia. If you're Georgia, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a tough one to for, for NC any... State as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that's your recipe if you're NC State. You know, doubles one, uh, three and four, three and four. Yeah, yeah. And so with, is that what you're uh, going? Well, sorry, with? I was gonna say I think you have doubles one, four. You feel best about, and then three and five are your cushion matches. Gotcha. Right. Georgia, I assume it's two, six, find two more. Yeah. I mean, well, they have to feel probably good two, three, and six okay. from a from a singles perspective. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a really good match. I, again, it's in any time these two do battle. Yeah. And by the way, you think Kopic and Kowalski don't remember, and Liam don't remember what happened in May? I promise you, they do. Yep. It's gonna be a good match. I also still think the fact that NC State and this applies to Pepperdine too got the stinkers out of the way early in this tournament. Sometimes that's a blessing where you don't play your best, but you survive. Twenty fifteen UVA. House money. Oklahoma State should have beaten them. Like Columbia 2014, uh, excuse me, OK State 2016, Columbia 2015, two times the Virginia men should have lost in the round of 16 probably at the NCAA tournament. They don't. They go on to win the tournament. Not saying NC State's going to do that. I am saying that's going to be a really fun quarterfinal. But, oh, by the way, flip side of that, of course. On the record, I'm going NC State. Uh, NC State over Georgia. I like that. What about on the flip side, Washington taking on Auburn? Auburn. Okay, I think that's probably the safer pick. With that said, let's get to our final set of quarterfinal uh, of round of 16 matches. Our nightcaps, of course, quarterfinal nightcap as well on Saturday. Start with you, uh, Texas, who I actually thought looked pretty good against USC. And again, another performance where I don't think they even played their best. And you look, you know, for Texas, Stern, Shavathapan, 6-2 win at 2. They looked excellent. Zamaripa, Zamaripa, 6-3 wins for the sisters at number three doubles. Then Stearns drops the first two games, wins 12 of the next 13, 2-1 against Cayetano. I don't know what happened there. But Zinalova, 3-5 over Piper. Uvrutsky, 3-4 over Wilson. And then to have Rapalu come back the way she did at the number six single spot as well. Yeah, Charlotte Shvatapan didn't play her best. And, you know, I I actually have no issues with the Kylie Collins-Sarah Ewing match. Uh, sorry, Selma Ewing match. That went exactly as expected. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, did Texas play well? Like, USC did not play well. I can say that from the start. Yeah. Now, they didn't play poorly, but they just, like, that wasn't their best. That was a weird match. It was just weird. It, that was the sense I got. Um, yeah. I would love to hear your assessment, though, of Uvrutsky and Zainalova, particularly because these were the two freshmen that we had circled as, hey, haven't seen much of if they click in any way like the freshman class last year, this is going to be the team to beat. What was your what were your thoughts? I'm in on Uvrutsky. I, I very much like her game now. 
I'm not she's not ready for the top half of the lineup. The consistency isn't quite there and you know, again, second serve, things of that nature. Of course she could have success at the top of I mean, all these yeah. Texas players thrown right. any please. Um I I like the pecking order. I actually I actually think this is the right order for now. Now Zinalova, Uvrutsky, I think are interchangeable at four and five, but they both mm-hmm. looked I think that's where those two freshmen belong, and I think that's a great place for them to get that match toughness and kind of learn yep. the physicality and also work their own physicality into things. And, yep. you know, because of the weapons they have, they can dominate at four and five. And, you know, Danielle Wilson tried to make extra ball after extra ball, but that match was on a Vrutsky's ma- uh, racket from start Ooh. to finish. I really liked Vrutsky's performance today. And again, I just, I think Stearns, when she dominates, she should be at one because her best will beat anyone. Give me the energy of Kylie Collins at two because I just want that fight with that com- – I want that combination of fight and talent somewhere in my top three, ideally top two. Kylie Collins is that answer. I mean Shavataban just played bad, but I have like no doubt about her. Like I, I do. I do. I like the, where the lineup is. Yeah, I mean I was m- most curious to see about four and five, right? You know, Those are the spots that you had uh, Shavataban yeah. and Collins in. Last year they had the success there. You see how easily they've moved up. I got to be honest. I'm surprised about Shavathapan. I mean, May Orlando. I mean, she looked incredible. I thought so she would good. easily move up to the top of the lineup. I expected what Scotty did today from Shavathapan. A hundred percent. That's a great analogy and brings us full circle to a year ago today when those two faced off. So very well done there. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is back to back losses, right? She had one dual dual match loss last year and that was to that to scotty in that match so this is concerning for me i think she definitely has the game to play two one i mean she's so talented this is this is the disappointing performance and i hope to see her turn it around at some point during this tournament i'm not trying to belittle what you just said because you're 100 percent right but <laughs> two losses and we're hitting the panic meter like i just love that that's the standard for sure no i know i know yeah, i know it's, you're being it's i more, know it's I the know. fall right? don't ruin yeah. my joke okay <laughs> just i'm tired all right let me just let me have my moment this version yeah. of alex finds that very funny um but no on the flip side if you're sc I say you put this in the trash bucket. Like you're like we don't even think about this man. I like I really don't think they played well. Yeah, you almost have to give all of these non-indoor teams like a one-match pass. Like yeah, we you, gave you know Cal Mulligan. Their, this is Mulligan. your Mulligan exactly. Cal got theirs today, right? When they had their Michigan mess up, right? You see yeah. Pepperdine. I don't know. Michigan's get, really good. Michigan is great. Number one. Uh, <laughs> they're certainly <laughs> in your top ten. Um, <laughs> Right, Pepperdine, you saw kind of make getting that indoor rust off. And look, we'll, we'll see what USC does tomorrow. Kind of the same thing we said about Cal, right? We'll see how they'll turn back up against AM after that Michigan performance. So, look, I think just the, the match calculus for USC, the paths to victory are pretty narrow. Um, and so that just puts a lot of pressure on these players. I think that could be um, a, a little of what you saw today with Cayetano, knowing that, like, she needs to pull off a win. So we'll see how they how they bounce back tomorrow. Yeah, it's again, it's going to be interesting to see the Trojans compete. Certainly, they will feel like they have a winnable match against Wisconsin tomorrow on paper. Of course, why is Wisconsin going to be playing at USC? Because they lost to Oklahoma in our nightcap. Really fun crowd. Shout out to the Madison community who showed up over 100 plus uh, to watch the doubles point. It was really exciting. I actually thought 
Wisconsin played really well in doubles, and I really like their number one team of Sai and Mukartova, who pushed the Corleys to the brink there. And you know, again, Johnson and Macron uh, and Markham, excuse me, get a six three win at number three. Now, ultimately. It was the depth, the talent, the experience of OU that won out. And this was another instance where I thought very similar to Washington where it took Wisconsin except for at that number one double spot. Sai and Mukartova showed up from the get-go at doubles. And I think you know, outside of that though, and obviously at number three, Johnson and Markham, and Markham was there all match long, but it took them like two hours to wake up. Like it really did feel like they were down six first sets in a blink of an eye. And obviously they lost that doubles point. They started to make some pushes. Obviously you look at, you know, I thought uh, it was six, one, five, two Sleeth was up on side. That match was far closer than that scoreline. Markham takes the second set at number two to earn the split with Corley. And, you know, uh, Stoika is uh, making a push against Pisareva. And I believe she was up a break in that second set for the majority of it. But like Shanta, Staker, they continue to roll. By the way, Shanta, not Chanta. Shanta as in Good sh- to know. Yeah, just okay. so you know, my friend. So sh- on the Chanta, it's Shanta. Um, that was pretty good. Lock that in, my stuff. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, Ivana – and then I – all right, Ivana. It shows you where my head is. Uh, anyways, I thought Corley played really well. I, like I, I actually did – I thought that was a pretty Which good – Which one? Oh, yeah, I, excuse me. Corley Sr., as I thought. Uh, Mike Calder and I was like Corley Senior. I was like, "What are you talking about?" And he goes, "No, Corley the Senior." And I was like, "Oh yeah, but we're gonna call her Corley Senior from now on." I thought she played. She was just painting lines. Yeah, yeah. I-, I thought this was a great performance from Oklahoma. They did what they needed to do. I think you're right. I think the Wisconsin push did come. It was a little too late, but they tried to make some pushes in those second sets. Overall, you know, I think Oklahoma Oklahoma look- looked good. Right, I. Did you find out why uh, they made the move with uh, Lane Sleeth's number one? I tried to ask, and I got a my typical response. I freaking love Coach Cohen. I, <laughs> I, I, I I'm such a fan of her. She is intense. I we were joking about it. I swear to God, they warmed up for five hours today. Like I swear to God, the moment the Cal, the moment there was an open court in Cal and uh, A&M, they took the open court and they were like, let's practice. Let's just keep going. And uh, credit to Coach Cohen because when you're sitting around there and just watching, getting lazy and stagnant, yeah, you get dead legs. She Your didn't first allow indoors te- too. Yeah, she didn't allow her team to do that and she talked about it when we talked about her afterwards. They've adjusted their entire team cycle so they're getting up later in the day and they're eating later and they're prepared for these late night matches so they're peaking at the right hour of day. To which I said, huh, you don't have to lie to me. I know you wake up at 10.30 every day. Come on. Like, isn't that why you're a head coach? Um, I just think they feel like Sleeth's playing the best of the three right now. And, like, I don't think today's tennis suggested anything else. No, it didn't. I'm a big fan of Carmen Corley's game. I think she, she's good. Yeah, of, of all the players, I think she moves forward so effortlessly. She's always looking to come to net in a way that you don't see a ton of in the game right now. She's super fluid, um, so she can be up and down. But overall, I think when she's on, she just looks so good. So that you know that section of two through six. I mean, they're good. So they're good at every single uh, every single position, um, and the strength paid off here against Wisconsin. Yeah, and again, it was the freshman coming through at the first national indoors. Like yep. that's just file it under things you love to see if you're Coach yep. Cohen. With that said, Texas, Oklahoma. Red River rivalry. This is the first of multiple times. I'm going to guess at least four times that we see them play uh, yeah. throughout the course of this season. 
Give it to me, Jay. What you got? This is this is your. Are you going to make the pick? Are you going to stick with it? This has been the one you've been waiting for. It is, but I also have the chance three other times this season. Um, But I think that is interesting theme of a quarterfinals. These are all matches we are guaranteed, except for NC State, Georgia, because they don't like to schedule each other. These are all matches we're going to see in the regular season as well. Uh, So these teams are are familiar with each other. I also think it's pretty new blood versus true uh, versus blue blood, except for Pepperdine Cal, who are both kind of blue bloods. But not they're not quite new bloods, but they're not blue bloods. They're like those. They're just bloods. Yeah, I mean, Cal historically is actually more of a blue, much more of a blue blood than Pepperdine has been. Yeah, but Pepperdine um, tennis, even on the men's side, I know that's riding that reputation. But Pepperdine tennis has always been in the mix. Sure. Yeah. Anyways, carry um, on. <laughs> so, I, look, I think this is going to be a fun matchup. Um, I have to lean Oklahoma in doubles. They have okay. found a they have found a way in all of these matches. It feels like to just escape that doubles point. Um, Look, you got to go. If I'm looking at this from the Texas perspective, you got to go Stearns at one. Man, uh, Shanta versus uh, Zanilova. That's a tough one. This is going to be a tough match. Um, The only ones that I look at and I probably lean one way is I will give Stearns to Texas. And I gotta lean Corley, Ivana Corley at three to Oklahoma. I thought she looked much better than Shavathapan today. That's about it. That's about it. And I give Oklahoma dub. So I got Oklahoma up to one, and we'll see where the rest goes. Prior to the tournament, I predicted Texas over Oklahoma in this round, so I'll I'll go Texas. Okay, I was going to say, if you didn't make a prediction there, you gave Oklahoma two points. You only gave Texas one. I was going to say you have Oklahoma advancing. 4-3. 4-3. That's all I have to say. 4-3. I agree with you. 100,000%. And with that in mind, it's day one of your 2022 Division One Women's National Indoors. Again, first ball to last coverage, all available on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. You can tune in starting 9 a.m. Central Time all the way through our last match scheduled at 6.30 p.m. Central Time, of course. If I have a will, I have a way. And with that will, I'm going to try to record a recap each and every night with you, Jay. I'm immensely grateful you're willing to stay up with me. Obviously, appreciate having you on the West Coast. I, I'm just telling you in advance, we might be doing this for the men's indoors as well because for Chris and for Matt, it's going to be like 3 a.m. when things oh, are done. That's and like, like way past Maddie's bedtime. Yeah. Yo, Maddie, <laughs> no chance. Yeah. Chris might stay up. Like yeah, Chris, Chris actually – he'd, like, yeah. he'd be like – he'd be like – you're not, I, I'm not going to swear uh, because West Off, I don't want to make him do more. He'd be like, you're not going to F and call me? He's going to be like, what? You, you, he's like, you went with Jay? He'd actually be so angry with me yeah. in like the best way possible. And so I would never do that to him. But I want to give you the final word, my friend. Any final thoughts? Anything we didn't hit on? Any additional questions I didn't answer? We didn't get that answer about Sleeth at one for me, which is disappointing. Uh, <laughs> is I supposed to ask even? The truth is I will ask first thing tomorrow as long as you text me. <laughs> We uh, well, you discussed it with Cation on the broadcast. So, um, sleep at number one. I did. Yeah. See, this shows you where my brain's at. Right <laughs> now. I don't. Even, I don't remember anything. But no, I thought today was a great day of tennis. You know, it was all chalk from a seating perspective. But man, I thought high quality matches throughout. And so, I'm expecting this day replicated 
the next few days. That's such a good point. Yeah, it was chalk, but parody was still the name of the game. And so I yeah. completely agree with you. What a day of tennis. The action continues tomorrow, 9 a.m. Central Time, all the way through to 6.30 p.m. when our final scheduled match goes on. We will have coverage first ball to last. Myself, my Cation, super producer Daniel Westoff, who, as always, killing it on the ones and twos. Of course, a huge shout-out to all of our sponsors who helped make this possible. Obviously, our friends at Tennis Point, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. Shout-out to our friends at Swing Vision. A shout-out to our friends at the ITA for allowing us this sort of opportunity. A shout-out to all of you who tuned in day in, day out, and you know continue to prove this college tennis community is real, we're vibrant, and we are enjoying the hell out of the year's first national indoor championships. With all that said... Mini break, great shot podcast, cracked interviews, all available, crackrackets.com, YouTube channel, subscribe, crack, at cracked rackets, at AL Gruskin, at J Tweets Tennis. With all that said, for my fantastic co hosts, John Parsons, our super producers, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Jay, what do we tell our listeners? That's the break. And we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.